2: Let's
4: sound The same.
1: the morning. I want you to know that's the uh, People's Convoy that started in California yesterday. That's how they kicked off the truckers coming, uh, driving to Washington, D.C. It's going to take them, I think, something like 12 days. And you can bet we'll be following that. There are several convoys. There's another one called the Freedom Convoy, which is taking off from another place in California. It's arriving in D.C. around March the 1st. And then there's a third one starting out of Pennsylvania. So they're just converging, uh, they have different leadership. They're not the same. They have different points of view about this, but all of them want to stop the mandates and they are fighting for America because they love it. And so that's what's happening uh, with the convoy. I, well, there's more to say about that, I, uh, but we'll come back to that. I want to say that everybody's talking about Russia. So before I talk about Russia, which I don't really want to talk about that because I'll tell you why. In a second, but I am coming to you live from the Rosen Shingle Creek Hotel in Orlando, Florida. That's what all that noise is about. Maybe the strange sounds you're going to hear. This is the annual, this is the 2022 CPAC, Conservative Political Action uh, Campaign Conference. And there are like 18,000 people. Uh, And you uh, will will be here, I'll be here for the next two days. And I'll be gathering all kinds of uh, really interesting interviews that I'll play later in the week. But President Trump is here, Ron DeSantis is here, Uh, Glenn Beck is here, Uh, you know, fill in the blanks, everyone comes to CPAC, if if you are a rock-rib conservative, this is the place to be, or the place to be listening to, and the theme this year is Awake, Not Awoke, Awake, Not Awoke, and I love it, and so in a few seconds... Matt Schaap will join us. He's the um, chairman of the American Conservative Union that hosts this, and he will join us and we'll talk more about this conference. But that's where I am on Radio Row, surrounded by radio greats. And you know the funny thing when I do these radio rows, I almost always end up next to some gentleman who has a very, very, very loud voice. I don't mean just one, but there are lots of them. (laughs) But this year, they aren't there. I don't know now. So you can actually, I don't have to shout. And so I feel very, uh, very privileged to be in kind of a quiet place this morning. But um, all right, so Russia, yes, you've been, wh- how could you miss? Every time you turn on the television, you turn on the your radio, you're hearing about Russia. And so you probably know uh, all the things. You know that President Zelensky has uh, declared martial law in Ukraine. You know that Russia has invaded Ukraine. Is uh, declaring, you know, that he's uh, going to war. Anthony Blinken has canceled his meeting with Sergei Lavrov. Uh, Putin has recognized two different separatist states. We talked about that uh, day before yesterday. Uh, they are now announcing, our people are announcing sanctions on Russia's banks. Uh, Biden now will not meet with Putin and they're warning about cyber attacks and all of that. Okay, so why am I being so glib? It's really, I hope I can find the words to explain it. Because, um, first of all, I think the Biden administration has gotten exactly what they want. They've got wall-to-wall coverage that proves how horrible Russia is. I'm sure they're going to link Trump to this. At some point, it's going to be President Trump's fault. I'm sure it will be. Uh, But the main goal here, from my perspective and my long years of watching this kind of stuff, is that... President Biden's numbers are just in the tank. He's not doing well. They had to rescue him somehow. And this is the rescue plan. And the other part of it, it's kind of a win-win for them because not only is President Biden he's speaking, I don't know how many times today, he's sending out mean tweets, I think, <laughs> to Vladimir Putin. Sorry. Yeah, they've, they've, they've said a lot of things. They're going to, wow, they're going to, they'll be, yeah, they're going to they're gonna make him pay. Actually, they're going to make us pay. Because as the oil supplies dwindle and shut down, our energy prices, our supplies, because Russia supplies us with lots of stuff, are going to skyrocket. And uh, it'll be a win-win for the dissemblers of our country. It will be an absolute win-win for them. So I think the Biden administration got their way on this. I'm not sure Putin actually wanted to invade, to be honest with you. But he's he's not going to back down because, you know, part of his culture and his... Uh, nature is uh, manhood and so he went in and he's there and uh people are suffering the ukrainian people are on the run uh they're going to be hungry they're going to be hurting and our people are too so isn't that great for the globalists isn't that just a great thing okay so we're going to take a break and when we come back uh chairman matt schlapp will be with us so stay tuned sandy rios in the morning on afr talk
5: 833-44-BIBLE, that's eight three three forty four 44 bible Eight three three forty
4: four bible This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Marsha Fudge, U.S. Secretary for Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. HUD develops and executes policies on housing in the United States. Isaiah 65:21 reminds us of God's blessings of home. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Marsha Fudge as she works to provide more housing opportunities in this country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org.
3: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting Starnes to the number 49596. Jamie Oliver is a celebrity TV chef. He's also British. Had a show back in the day, The Naked Chef. I have to imagine frying bacon posed something of a challenge on that program. Anyway, Chef Oliver is also a woke leftist, and he announced the other day he's hired a team of food appropriation specialists to vet his recipes. The chef says he never wants to offend anybody, hence the cultural sensitivity in the kitchen. I'm not all that sure why Chef Oliver has his chitlins in a twist over all this, but I do remember back in the day being pulled aside by an editor at Fox News Channel. He overheard me talking about fried chicken and cornbread, collard greens, said I needed to be careful because someone might take offense that I might be accused of cultural appropriation. Well, I told that editor that if somebody's serving me a platter of fried chicken and buttermilk biscuits and sweet potato pie, I would gladly appropriate that culture. I'm Todd
4: Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
1: Yes, back to you, back at you. <laughs> I'm at back at you, on the Radio Row here at CPAC at Rosen Shingle Creek, which is an absolutely beautiful hotel here in Orlando, and we are here at the 2022 CPAC, and it's called Awake, not Awoke. Awake, not Awoke. And here stands before me my good friend Matt Schlaff, who's in charge of the whole thing. And so, Matt, I see your name on the name, Awake, not Awoke.
2: That's right. Yes. <laughs> you know that that probably came right from my bosom. <laughs> yes, exactly. And
1: your book, "The Desecrated," right. that you we just talked about a few days ago, uh, is coming out really soon. People can order it. But you're going to talk about it's here all at CPAC. Um, it's at CPAC.
2: Yeah, it's at CPAC. I want a, get.
1: an autographed copy uh,
2: for sure. For Sandy Rios, right. my honor. Yeah.
1: Okay. How are you?
2: You've done the book thing. You know what this is all about.
1: I've done. A, I've done every. I've done everything. I've lived so long. I've done just about everything, Matt. But uh, um, but really, honestly, I. I can't ever find the words. I appreciate your friendship so much. And I admire what you do. I mean, I'm your friend, but I I have respect for you. I could like you, I could love you and not respect you, but I do both. And so you do such a great job leading.
2: Well, I think a lot of people, I appreciate that more than you know, Sandy. A lot of people um, assumed that I would be one type of person. Because my experience has been the swamp in right. Washington, D.C., right. in corporate America. And I worked for George Bush, who I still revere. Which and is when think I was a met very you. good man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, things changed over time. Mm-hmm. And we have to listen to God's call. We also have to know what our role is in it, it, with the short time we have on this earth. And right. I feel very called to be doing exactly what I'm doing. And my wife feels the same way. In the forward to our book, um, and the, I just wrote an open letter, basically to my kids, because it really sucks to be my kids in the, in a public way. Uh-huh. In a private way, I hope they're happy and proud of their dad, but in a uh-huh. public way, it's all bad.
6: Oh, and I can I, relate.
2: I wrote a letter to them basically saying, you know, your mom and I were called to do this, mm-hmm. and it's hard for you. We know, we get it. But if we don't fight hard, if Sandy Rios doesn't fight hard, what kind of country are they going to have? That's right. That's right. It's kind of simple, isn't
1: it? It is kind of simple. And, and I think that when you pay... When you decide you can't go back, you've got to, all forward. We you have know, to save the country. Julius
2: Caesar said, "I've crossed the Rubicon," and that meant he couldn't go back. He'd <sighs> yeah, committed, yeah, yeah. and we've crossed the Rubicon. This is a battle for our culture, right. for our society, and uh, I won't apologize. I won't back down. There's ramifications. Mm-hmm. They've thrown about everything they can at us. Right. Uh, you
1: know, so it's okay. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I want to make clear what you just said, and then we, then I want to get to CPAC. Um, because of your world being the bush world and it was mine too that's when i met you i mean i had such a great respect for president bush and you uh, he did some wonderful things and dick cheney and dick cheney too yeah, yeah. Oh, right and so. i still
2: revere them and yeah. they were very good to mercy and i we met each other working yeah. for them we married yeah. Yeah. um it's hard for me because the people here have turned very hard yeah. against them right. because both of them and certainly liz cheney they don't un- they're so disconnected right. from where these activists are that they couldn't even see it to no.
1: s- it's like they view them they view us as their enemy
2: I know, uh, so it's really and strange. they need to change. Look, I pray uh, that they, they'll uh, they'll see what's going on.
1: All right, there are great guests here. I'm going to ask you some hard questions. Do it, okay? I think hot air was the first one I read this, and there is um, all this question about why Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, is speaking today, yeah. doesn't have a prime spot. Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't he have a prime spot? Are you f- f- favoring Donald Trump? Are you whatever? Why why does Ron DeSantis not have a prime spot?
2: Yeah, I don't understand it because it's exactly the spot we gave him last year. You were here. Um, he opens up CPAC and welcomes everyone to Florida. We thought that was really nice symbolism because Mm -hmm. he's been America's Mm -hmm. governor. He's made every right move. It's the time he wanted to speak. Everyone thought it was great. And then somebody got it in their head that it didn't seem prime. And then they said, oh, they're trying to diss Ron DeSantis. Now, I will tell you that the way it appeared in the schedule, uh, you know, it kind of understated what it was and it should have probably overstated what it was, but there was certainly no uh, intention to... Give the impression that he was given a less important uh, speaking time. Matter of fact, there really aren't good times and bad times at CPAC. Uh, it's true. Any anybody can make news at any time, and that room fills when your message is important. And there's no politician in this country that can fill rooms uh, better than like a Donald Trump or Ron right. DeSantis or Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or Nigel Farage. We got you know we. <laughs> I can keep going on and on with the speakers who are here. They're going to fill that room and. And so I think this is a whole lot of nothing.
1: Yeah, and uh, the cameras are rolling constantly, so they catch everything equally. Right. You It know, yeah. doesn't matter even if the room is... By the way, it's
2: it a little hurtful to me because I invited him to go on the stage with me yeah. to do the official open, and they made it sound like that was bad. I was like, I it's know. actually kind of an honor. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe I'm not that big a deal, but, you know...
1: Don't do a Mike <laughs> Pence and say, I'm a big deal. Please don't say that. I'm not no, going okay. to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I also said one comment, Matt, I just think also, just from watching Ron DeSantis, uh, that he actually wouldn't have... An interest in usurping President Trump. He's a great respecter of President Trump, yeah. and I don't see them being rivals. So I know that people like to make much. They're of trying that. to make. It, I don't see that.
2: People are trying to build this up because Ron DeSantis has done such a good job, so right. they're trying to turn it into a rivalry. A rivalry. Yeah. When uh, you know, I, I suppose all politicians, you know, they they're competitive with each other. But uh, I agree. I agree with how you characterize yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, but there was no intent to make one big and make one small or
1: okay next tough question Tulsi Gabbard yes. is a Democrat uh, do you she's like also that globalist. decision
2: or not like that decision uh,
1: I, I am personally you're asking me yeah I want you uh, I want to know your uh, opinion because I get
2: a mixed review from yeah you.
1: my concern with her would be her um, her affiliation with the World Economic Forum yes and I so I wouldn't like that to be uh, very present at cBS yes. just as a, your friend and so when did she go when did she go yeah. to the world? Like, oh, I don't even know.
2: What was made uh, uh, I, available I to me on Twitter, it was oh. like 20 years ago. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. She oh, was I saw really, something.
2: She was really young. Now, maybe oh. she went more recently, but that, that okay. flyer that's going around, and I would just say what we have, excuse me, with Tulsi Gabbard is mm-hmm. clearly somebody who's uncomfortable with her party. Now, how, yeah. how far that goes on public policy, I do not know. I haven't asked for her speech. I don't know if she's shifting positions. She did not have a good there's score some with speculation.
1: Us. There's some speculation. There's some speculation she's going to change parties. But CPAC is, but is not knows?
2: just about our orthodoxy. And you and yeah. I have had this conversation. It's also about taking a few steps into the unknown and saying, okay, how far can we... You know, this coalition can right. expand further. If it expands too far, we lose our soul, right. but it can expand. And so, you know, I always err on the side of let him speak. Yes. Now, I'm- if she gives a speech that's globalist and all, full of a bunch of baloney, uh, people will probably boo her.
1: Yes. But exactly. if she
2: gives a speech that says, you know, this Democratic Party, I don't really recognize it, mm-hmm. could be pretty powerful. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't asked for well, her
1: speech. Well, I-, I just say? Uh, you have always taken risks at sea. Too many risks, probably. Yeah, well, no, it's just I, how think, I am. listen. You've been with them for you have lo- you have longevity. They yeah. trust you, Matt. So we'll see what Tulsi Gabbard says. Yeah. I'm not going to be a fan of hers for other policies, but uh, yeah, let her got, speak. She's Let's got say, some, She says
2: some great things. She has some bad votes. Yeah, but I sure. just don't know. I think there's a lot of change out there, and I think there's a lot of Democrats that don't want to be in a socialist party.
1: Yes, I think you're right. And like with the, the convoy and the truckers and Canada, and yep. all, there is common ground. Freedom. Freedom, freedom. Regardless of your background, if you love this country, you don't love to see it destroyed and you want to be free. Matt, we're out of time.
2: I love your questions because they're tough. But you, you, you handle it in such a nice, respectful way. So you always do.
1: You can't get mad at me. <laughs> no, mad it's impossible. At me. Well, anyway. Um,
2: we love having you here. You're yeah. a very important part of CPAC. You have They're for a long so time. Sweet. Thank you. And keep coming back.
1: I will. Okay. And Mercedes is going to be with me tomorrow morning. So we'll get the other stuff. You're not allowed to back, ask her but... tough questions. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Great to see you. Right, Thank see you. you. God we'll bless. Talk, talk to you soon. Same okay, bye to you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, so uh, here we are. And uh, Gordon Chang is nearby. I saw his – I saw him. Where is – Bruce? Bruce, where's Gordon Chang? He's got to be in his seat right now. We, are, we don't have a, com- a break right now. <laughs> so I saw Gordon standing behind uh, Matt, and I thought he was heading to seat. And there they are, right there. There's beautiful Lydia Chang, who handles Gordon's bookings. That's his wife, and she's, she's from Hong Kong. And uh, Lydia has had her heart broken over her home territory. And so Gordon, uh, as, he's, as he's seating, I'm just going to seating. As he's seating. Hello, Gordon. How are you? It's so nice to see you. Great to see you. I haven't talked to you in such a long time. Too long. Uh, Can you hear? I can hear. Is it all right? Okay. You know what? Why don't you straighten that thing up so it'll come up closer to your... Oh, okay. Everybody, the audience has to listen to all of our mechanics here. But they don't mind. Uh, Gordon, I'm really interested to know, this whole business in Russia right now, and I have to tell you, even before you talk, that I'm like... I think this is working out well for the Biden administration. I think they're getting exactly what they want. But what I want to ask you is, uh, what effect, what correlation, this conflict between China, um, like China's position on it, the effect on China's d- desire to go into Taiwan, all of that, oil, what's the connection here from your perspective?
0: Beijing gave Putin the one thing that he needed most to invade Ukraine. He did that on February four. Uh, Putin met with Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, just before the Olympics. And they issued this very long communique which showed that China and Russia had this no-limits partnership, as they called it. But more important, uh, they announced $117.5 billion in oil and gas deals. And then just a few days ago, Sandy, uh, it was announced that Russia is selling 100 million metric tons of coal to China. These are important lifelines because it says to Putin that if Biden sanctions him, um, it doesn't matter because the Chinese can then rush in and backfill is the term that our State Department uses. In other words, um, it provides all the money it needs um, for Russia. It provides the um, clearing if they cut off uh, Russia from the U.S. banking system. So this is basically Beijing financing the war on Ukraine.
1: It's uh, you know, in, in let's like, say ten years ago, there were not great relations between China and Russia, right? I mean, it's been, I've watched it morph, but I've, I don't know the, the details like you do. They, there was a rift. China and Russia were they were sort of rivals, were they not? Uh, when Russia, China finally yes. opened up under uh, the, the Nixon administration.
0: Yes, well, there was the sino Soviet rift, and, and Nixon went to Beijing one thousand nine hundred and seventy two met with Mao Zedong, the ruler at the time and at towards the end of the Cold War, it was basically China and the United States versus Russia or the Soviet Union. Um, since that time, um, the United States has continued friendly relations with Beijing, even though Beijing has done things to try to undermine the u s um, basically declare what they call the unrestricted war on the US. And that has resulted, for instance, in fentanyl deaths, which are the pro- product of Communist Party policy. That's 80 to 90,000 Americans in the last 12 months have died from Chinese fentanyl. And then you have COVID-19. Um, China deliberately spread COVID-19 beyond its borders. That's 5.9 million people outside of China have died from a disease and each of those deaths are a murder, including about 950,000 Americans.
1: So you are, and you just said it, but I'm going to ask again, and last time we talked you said this, but you still firmly believe this is an intentional chemical warfare on the world, or on the U.S. specifically? On
0: the on the world. Um, Sandy. We don't know 100% where SARS-CoV-2, the pathogen that causes COVID-19, comes from. Um, I think that it comes from a lab for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. But there's one thing we know 100%, and that is that Chinese rulers deliberately spread this beyond their borders. They lied about contagiousness. They knew this was highly transmissible human to human, but they told the world it was not. And while they were locking down their own country, in other words... Telling the world that they felt lockdowns were effective in stopping the spread of the disease, they then pressured other countries to accept travel, uh, to accept passengers from China without travel restrictions or quarantines. So that's how this disease was spread. Those passengers left China, brought the disease with them, and that's 5.9 million people outside of China have perished from this disease, according to the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center.
1: Yes, and I'm thinking about initial early on how many Chinese workers there were from Wuhan to Italy, and also Spain, and oh, it's tra- it's horrible. It really is. Okay, so Gordon, this is question. I these are things I just can't quite make my make out. You know, as we move toward China politically, and and how we operate, uh, the social Scorch, Canada is just going going full throttle. Uh, a, a Chinese dictatorship of social scoring. I, they're not calling it that, but that's what really what they're doing and we're we're aiming that way, too What's China are they just watching their plans unfold and are they laying low and being What are they doing while this is happening here?
0: Well in in uh, for instance 2020 they weren't laying low um, They were openly and surreptitiously trying to overthrow the US government through the use of force And um, they did that by um, a number of means. Just to give you one example, Radio Free Asia reports that an an intelligence unit of the People's Liberation Army based themselves in the now-closed Houston Consulate. And from there they used big data and artificial intelligence to identify Americans likely to participate in Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests. And then they sent them videos on how to riot. Also, uh, Chen Weiwa, is the European bureau chief for China Daily, which is a Communist Party official publication, actually tweeted on October 18, 2020, um, that he wanted to see violence on American streets. He wanted to see Americans throw petrol bombs. That's a violation of federal law. That is advocating the overthrow of the U.S. government by force. And, and we didn't do anything about it. Um, so, you know, this is our country. Um, we don't have to tolerate um, this activity, and yet we do. So this is a question of fault of American presidents not defending ourselves from China.
1: You know, I'll never forget when the the protests were happening in the streets of Washington, D.C. They burned down St. John's, and the president went out and held up the Bible. That that area, that period of a few years, a few few days. Uh, not just a few days, but that particular period, there were Chinese speakers. I I heard all about that, Chinese speakers in that riot crowd.
0: Yes, there are reports that um, there were um, Mandarin speakers who were rioting, um, who were overheard talking about Chinese government involvement in um, organizing protests. And although these reports are unconfirmed, I do believe that they are true because they mirror reports of Chinese protesters in Los Angeles and other Southern California locations. Um, So this is just another example of China trying to overthrow our government. Um, We got many other ways um, that we can try to look at these things, but we have got as a nation to start to understand the evil in the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, we're in a democracy. Um, And people in democracies tend to sort of not understand evil. That's right. Um, And that's partly uh, as we move away from our Judeo-Christian heritage. We don't understand the evil that is described in the Bible. And because of that, um, and I'm not saying everyone needs to be Christian or Jewish, but what I am saying is we have to understand the concept of evil because evil is out and about. It is marching. We're seeing it today, march against Ukraine. And soon China will be marching even harder against its neighbors.
1: I know this is not your bailiwick, but I, I have to, it, it is. I, this is your secondary expertise, I'm guessing. And that is the whole issue of Putin and Ukraine. Honestly, Gordon, I didn't think he would invade. I thought this was kind of like a big test. And I thought he, I actually thought that uh, Putin might have wanted Biden to look like the fool that he is. And of course, Biden has done such ridiculous things like mean tweets. Uh, to Putin, you know, but the, the equivalent of that, uh, th- that's the threats. So we're not going to send any troops in. We're not going to do any sanctions unless he invades. And just talking, talking, talking. And I think it's a setup to raise Biden's poll numbers uh, because he looks great. He's on the world stage right now. He's got a lot of, gets a lot of air time. He's uh, flapping his, you know, jaws and his wings. Uh, even though they're not doing anything, they appear to be doing something. That's the way I view this. But give me your perspective, please.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think that that uh, Putin would invade um, beyond the two uh, self-declared people's republics that Putin recognized a couple of days ago. Um, but what he's doing now is he's marching toward the uh, Polish border and um, it, it has made Biden look feeble. And we are now having the consequences of this, because China is going to see this and decide that it too can um, break apart its neighbors. You know, China has already got its troops deep into Indian controlled territory. there are Chinese incursions in Bhutan and Nepal. There are constant provocations in the South China Sea. Um, on February 5, during the Olympics, China flew a pain directly over a Taiwan island, something it hadn't done in more than 40 years. Um, there are constant provocations against Japan. Um, this is going to get worse, Sandy.
1: South America?
0: Well, um, China is deep into Latin America yes. and the Caribbean. And um, administration to administration, we have not protected our homeland, our hemisphere. And we've allowed the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians to make deep inroads. And right now in Latin America, and especially South America, you see what's called the red wave of um, um, socialists coming to power through the ballot box, aided by China, of course.
1: So I want to talk for a second about, you write a lot, I didn't even give you a proper introduction Let me do that just for a second. You've got too many titles for me to read them all. But Gordon is the author of A Coming Collapse of China. And he's with Gatestone Institute as a distinguished senior fellow. And Gatestone is that, uh, it's an internet, they cover international news and international. They've got lots of scholars. It's a source of resource for me all the time. John Bolton was an integral part of Gatestone initially. And so um, Gordon is, uh, you know, finding his voice through Gatestone right now. And the last thing that you, well, this is in December, so this is an old piece. And you and I talked about this before. You said that they actually, in America, want this territory and that their goal is to actually do away with the American population. Do you still feel that way, Gordon?
0: Yes. Uh, there is, there are unconfirmed reports that Hao Haoteng, when he was China's defense minister in the first decade of this century, gave a secret speech to China's military leaders about using biological weapons to clear out North America so that China could inhabit it. Now, um, we know that China is working on biological weapons in contravention of its obligations under the Biological Weapons Convention. And we also know that, because Chinese researchers openly talk about this, that they're working on what they call specific ethnic genetic attacks. In other words, pathogens that will leave the Chinese immune but will kill everybody else. So these are the civilization killers. And the reason why this is important is because um, President Biden is not imposing any costs on China for deliberately spreading the disease, which means that China's not deterred. And when China's not deterred, it could spread the next pathogen. Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has been pushing this notion that China is the world's only legitimate state, that everybody else is a colony. They, they talk about the mandate of heaven over Tian or all under heaven. And they believe that heaven not only permits the Chinese to rule the entire world, but that heaven demands the Chinese rule the world. And it's not just planet Earth that Xi Jinping's talking about, because since 2018, his officials have been talking about ruling the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territory. So we have to understand what the Chinese are saying, because we are deliberately turning our back on this. We say, oh, no, they can't believe it. You know, Putin can't invade Ukraine. Chinese can't mean this. Well, yes, Sandy, (laughs) they do mean mean this. No,
1: I I think you're spot on, Gordon, when you say that people don't understand. In this country, we've lived such a good life that we cannot imagine wickedness. We just can't see it. We think everyone's like us. We give people the benefit of the doubt, and we don't understand wickedness. Um, All right, so China right now, we've talked about this a lot too, but I think it's important to get perspective again. President Trump, of course, is speaking here at CPAC. And it's fair to say that when he was president, the Chinese were completely hemmed in economically and their, their economy was falling. And really, safe to say that Joe Biden has beefed it back up because of his lack of a lack of action and also because his personal relationship with China through his son and others. What are your thoughts about that, about what President Trump had done and what we have now? Yeah, it's
0: taking the headlines of today, we didn't have Vladimir Putin marching on Ukraine. It's not like four years ago Putin didn't want Ukraine. He's always wanted Ukraine. Um, But both Putin and Xi Jinping were deterred by President Trump. And the reason is President Trump, among other things, was unpredictable. And it's the one thing that the Chinese can't deal with. China can deal with a hostile American president. They've dealt with hostile American presidents in the past, but they were comfortable with that because they knew and they could predict what American presidents would do. They couldn't predict Trump, and that really scared them. And that meant that although, you know, there are a lot of things that um, that went on, they just did not take on the U.S., our friends and our partners. Mm-hmm. And it's true of Putin as well.
1: Yeah. Gordon, 30 seconds. Do you ever fear for your own life, you and Lydia?
0: Um, and no. And the reason is that... Um, this is just the world. I got to do what I got to do. The Chinese, if they do what they want to do, they'll do it. Yeah, but
1: exactly. I'm at peace. We're all in that we're all in that place. All of us on the front lines are in that place and it's getting more dangerous, but you really are because they, you know, because of their history, but listen. I appreciate you and respect you so much, you and Lydia, and thanks for your good work. And we'll talk again soon. Longer, okay?
0: Thank you so much, Sandy. Right. I really appreciate it.
4: Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I wanna personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for Worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him.
2: So, Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White.
6: Hannah took her pain to God, and God heard her and was with her.
4: Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net.
6: Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for The Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. Listen each weekday
4: from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is the sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of pre-born. The heartbeat of a pre-born baby can be heard as early as six weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything.
0: I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed when I found out that I was having three
2: baby boys.
4: The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats for moms in crisis in America and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time, and this time there were three. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Pure freedom minute. Overnight, Vladimir Putin went to full on war in Ukraine. The Russian dictator is clearly set on nothing less than the conquest of that neighboring nation, demilitarizing it, changing its government, and dominating it henceforth in a manner reminiscent of the Kremlin's previous enslavement of Ukrainians and others during the Russian Empire and its Soviet counterpart. Regrettably, such aggression seems unlikely to end there. Putin and his partners in China, Iran, and North Korea appear to perceive a window of opportunity, thanks to weakness in Washington and the West more generally, to use violence to reorder things to their liking. In the face of such dangers, America must revert to a policy of peace through strength, aimed at demonstrating convincingly that the United States and its allies have the capacity and the will to counter aggressors forcefully, not just punish them economically. This is Frank Affney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at net. That's sandy at afr.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
1: All right, Sandy Rios, back with you live at Radio Row at Rosen Shingle Creek. I I love this stuff. I really love uh, talking to people in person as opposed to on the phone, and uh, it's just nice to see their faces. I have to say, old radio, when I was in Chicago and doing three-hour drive time, we would never do anybody by phone. <laughs> Everybody had to drive to the studio and be in person. It's kind of funny how things change, but now, yeah. you know, nobody does it. It's all Zoom and our yeah. phones or whatever. But um, uh, we are here at CPAC 2022, and the theme this year is Awake, Not Awoke. Awake, Not Awoke, and uh, there are 18,000 people expected. So this is a great event, and I enjoy it every single year. Well, my next guest has been with me more than once, but not across the table from me. And uh, Mark Mark Marano is the editor-in-chief of ClimateDepot.com. He is an expert on the environment and global warming and all the nonsense, which is really very serious nonsense, that they're playing on us. He's the producer of Climate Hustle, uh, Climate Hustle and Climate Hustle 2, and lots of other things. He's got written a new book called The Great Reset. So Mark, before we talk, I have a clip that I asked my producer to pull out just for you, Uh, Because I just thought you might enjoy it. The Great Reset, let's listen. This is a blast from the past. Okay. You know, Sergey, in anticipation of uh, this important meeting and our our time here together, I wanted to uh, present you with uh, a little gift which represents what President Obama and Vice President Biden and I have been saying. And that is, we want to reset our relationship here. And let's, do it, let's do it together. So we will do it together. Okay? <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. Yes, uh, thank, yeah.
6: you very <laughs> you are thank very much. very That was
1: Hillary Clinton uh, as the new Secretary of State presenting the uh, Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, who's in the news today, you know, uh, a reset button from, like, Home Depot, wherever she bought it. And I just thought that was pretty ironic, Mark Morano, because they were talking about it then, weren't they?
6: They were. And here's the thing if you were actually worried about Russia collusion, you'd have to look at American energy policy and European energy policy. Because since that moment when Hillary presented that reset button uh, uh, back in the Obama uh, administration, their whole entire goal has been to essentially handicap and cripple and hammer the West, whether it's Europe or the United States, domestic energy. Trump, of course, reversed all that. By the end of uh, 2020, we were the world's largest. Uh, we were more exports than imports, more production of energy than uh, consumption, the first time since 1952 when Harry Truman, Joe Biden gets in, and does Obama's policies on steroids. And what does it do? He shuts down Keystone mining, going after fracking, defunding uh, energy projects, stop drilling in the in, in Arctic, everywhere you can imagine. Gas prices through the roof. His energy secretary did a video praising gas prices, saying, uh, keeping gas in the ground, that the world's aflame. All of that has given Russia, which has no such Green New Deal, and China, which has no such Green New Deal, and OPEC, which has no such Green New Deal, empowered all of them. But for the purposes of that clip, it's empowered Putin. He sat back. Well, jack bleeps in the West have destroyed our energy security and dominance and given Putin an unfair advantage in Europe where now all of Western Europe relying on Putin he can do whatever he has now the power to cause recessions to cause energy blackouts to punish Europeans all because they're afraid to produce their own domestic energy and now we are shutting down it is nuts that's the reset
1: Okay, so, but Mark, <laughs> there's more to the reset. I think you know because yeah. you just wrote yes. this book. Uh, there's more to the reset. It isn't just that. It is a, a, a this is my perspective. It, yeah. You know, because you're the expert. It's a reset to uh, destroy, really, Western culture, Western civilization, yes. destroy our ability to drive cars, have freedom in every way. But, and this, now, I don't know what you're, I haven't seen your book. So, does this go back to the genesis of the World Economic Forum's declaration yes. of a reset? All right, tell us. I have not discussed this on the air very much, so yeah. my audience is not real familiar. Uh, talk about the World Economic Forum and how you know this that they wanted to do this. All right, well, yeah.
6: This people think, "Oh, you're talking conspiracy." This is not a conspiracy. This is. It's on ve- tape, isn't it? Well, it's also very open. <laughs> that they've written a book about it yeah. called "The Great Reset." It's basically it's the old. Uh, adage from the Obama administration, never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, and that and that essentially is the motto of this. Because what's happened was the Davos Economic Forum, which includes the Bill Gates, the Prince Charles, every world leader, all the Fortune 500 companies, it's an opportunity for a corporate world to go meet with politicians and those in power and other funders and big, big wigs without any ethics, uh, lobbying, without all that's all off the record, if you will. So it's a, it's a giant meeting they have every year, includes heads of state. So what happened was when this has been going on for decades, they've always had sort of that wacky elitist agenda. The first time they've been, they've been pushing climate for years. And of course, as a push climate, they had yachts and private jets, et cetera, all these people flying in. Well, when COVID hit, climate activists were jealous because they had spent decades literally advocating for the exact same solutions that COVID caused uh you know shutting down the economy because climate wanted planned recessions to fight global warming they liked the idea of no transportation, shutting down the airline industry, stay-at-home orders—you know, g- g- only leave when it's—you uh, know—government deems it necessity.
1: Eliminating people.
6: Eliminating people. Yeah. Some odd Purging reason the you earth. could you could go to Walmart and shop on Amazon and go to a corporate chain, but your local church, yeah. your gym, yes. and all the mom-and-pop yeah. restaurants were shut. Anyway, yeah. so what happened was Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, actually said this is a rare, narrow opportunity to reset our globe for capitalism. In the name of climate change, we must seize upon the. COVID. COVID-19 lockdowns, and that's how it all essentially got in motion, and the World Economic Forum is very vocal about how they want to reset. You will own nothing, and you'll be happy. You will have everything delivered by drone. You will have no privacy, and you will eat no meat. The U.S. will no longer be a superpower. This is all in little slick videos that they produce, so it's not like, oh, yeah, where is he getting this, Alex Jones? No. From the actual source of one of the most... Um, premier institutions of the elites in the entire world.
1: You know, Mark, I just have to in- interject, because we talked a lot about Canada last... Uh, I yes. talked about it constantly. And, of course, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister, Christia, whatever her name, last name is, is part of the World Economic Forum. Yes. And then there was an argument on the floor of uh, the Parliament in Canada where one of the MPs asked... We're understanding that at least half of the cabinet of Justin Trudeau is part of the World Economic Forum. Is this true? And it caused a meltdown on the floor in the parliament. Yeah, they actually
6: wouldn't allow the question and they shut it down. Yes, in fact, uh, I was about to say Vaklov clause, but no, uh, uh, clause uh, actually came out the head of the World Economic Forum in I think it was at Harvard University of all places bragged about how basically in his words maybe boasting a little but half the world leaders and their cabinets have been trained by world economic. Remember Al Gore and his climate training? Well the World Economic Forum has a much more sophisticated version how to train world leaders to serve the agenda of the, of the global elite and the agenda is very simple crush small business crush um, anyone who might resist and you get the corporate world, you can bypass First Amendment regulations. You can bypass We've all sorts that, of things. We've that, haven't we? Yeah, by government yep. corporate collusion. So mm-hmm. you can't. That's a private company. And many conservatives will say this with yes. a straight face.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, the innocent ones. Yeah. They're not so innocent. <laughs> they shouldn't be so innocent anymore between, you know, the corporations who have now gone woke yes. and are controlling us, you know, and coming after us. The bank's coming after us, turning on people. In the country, it really all comports with that agenda.
6: Yes. What happened in Canada is an exact, and even January 6th, what happened was if you did anything that dissented from, and also COVID lockdowns and vaccine mandates, if you do anything that dissents from what those in power want, they can now... Crush you, they can deplatform, defund you, cancel you, silence you, and most importantly, now they can shut off your bank cards. They can ruin not only yours, but your spouses, your kids, any friends. If you give a thumbs up on social media to some cause the government doesn't like, you could be investigated by the FBI, you could be part of a domestic terror alert. This is the agenda. But the larger picture is it's very simple you will own nothing and you'll be happy. But, who, but if you, if you own nothing, someone owns something. I mean, th- we're going to be renters, and that's actually happening. Companies like BlackRock um, and Bill Gates. First of all, Bill Gates buying up all American farmland, the largest single owner of American farmland. What's my source? NBC News. And NBC News points out it's, he's not out there in overalls. He's buying up American farmland. He's against meat production. He wants everyone to actually only be vegetarian. He actually bragged one time that he drank water made from poop poop water, sewage water. So he's into into all this high-tech gambits, but that doesn't include meat. The World Economic Forum wants to print meat. So what they're doing is they're turning buyers... Owners into renters through real estate. They're doing it. They're going after suburbia. They're going after everything we've ever known because it's racist, colonial, white supremacy, and they, well, only the experts can plan our lives. Yeah,
1: but not really because it's racist. It's really because they want control. and well, yes, those are, that's, those are that, that's mechanisms the mechanisms that they use to, do, to get yes, to where they're going. You know, this way. reminds me of uh, a documentary I watched a couple of nights ago about England in the 1600s and how rough life was, how people had no freedom and it was the rich people, they, their lives, had, not the rich people, just the plain people, their lives had no value. They'd slave yeah. away in the mines or slave away at their jobs and they were just products for the rich and uh, they weren't able to accumulate property, could barely get that's, food yeah. and that's where we're going, isn't it?
6: It's exactly where we're going. In fact, you, know, you call us the masses, that's how they would refer to the people and what they're trying to do it it comes back to look at the COVID, the way COVID lockdown mandates. They don't think free people can live their lives because if we do, we lead to racism, white supremacy, we destroy the environment, we cause global warming, et cetera, et cetera. So you need experts. Now, if your kid has to be masked and vaccinated to go to school, How can you stand up to someone like Fauci or your local public health official? They have decades of experience. They studied epidemia. You are a lowly nut. You didn't even finish college. How can you challenge the experts? This is rule by experts. Woodrow Wilson actually promoted this administrative state in the 19-teens. And now it's actually come to fruition. And it's amazing to watch this because it's... You know, the the country's divided up. About a third of people get it, will fight it. The middle's kind of confused, and then a third of it are completely for it.
1: All right, so so now that we have people thoroughly depressed, although my (laughs) my listeners are not so shocked, they know we talk about this stuff. But I, the the Great Reset, I have not really spoken about, except for Hillary. But uh, uh, what solutions, Mark? Is there any, from your perspective, any? ability to really fight this.
6: That we gouge our eyes out and give up. That's what I advocate. No, no, I'm just kidding. I
1: know better than that. (laughs) You know, the the crowd here is not going to do that.
6: Yeah. Well, one thing before I say that, the other thing I document in two chapters in this book, and I also, in my speeches, in my website, Climate Depot, is they are openly talking about going from COVID lockdowns to climate lockdowns. Oh, yes. That's right. And they literally talk all the same stuff. You you can't fly unless it's morally justifiable, stay-at-home orders, stop private car ownership, rent, roving fleet of rental electric cars. So- The way to fight this is the way the Canadians, truckers, have fought it. It's the way uh, all the people who've defied COVID lockdowns have done it. This is why New York City is dropping the mandates, why New Jersey's dropping it, why New York... It's
1: Trudeau p- just dropped the the uh, not the mandates but he dropped the emergency order. Yes, just I saw that and Trudeau, this morning. And that's yeah, probably so. cuz
6: his own base couldn't tolerate it. Yeah, but it worked.
1: The point is it really actually So the
6: only answer is mass resistance. You yeah. can you cannot comply. Yeah. That's what it boils yeah. down to. You got to make every moment of their life. I, my son has a basketball uh, and they were trying to enforce masks for the parents and kids in between play. And I actually like if you actually cared about kids health put him out so I, and the guy said, why would you do I don't like giving these orders. You have to wear a mask. I'm like, no, I think you do enjoy it. And I, and I go, the reason I'm doing this is I want to make your life as miserable as hell because I want, to, I want you to go back and tell everyone this isn't working. So as many parents that complain, I'm, that's one example. You have to fight at every single level.
1: Well, I agree. And everybody has to pitch in. And I always tell people, I, the, the people, this is the opening to my show. Do something. Say something. Because it's everywhere you are. So you have to pick your battle, where you live, and it'll come in different forms. And people are becoming more aware of that because of school boards and yes. uh, the, the kind of control that's just strangling us.
6: And I, was, I have no connection to Ron DeSantis, the governor at all. Never met him. I know no one from his campaign, anything. But I will say, he, to me, is the political model. He blew away Texas yes. governor. He blew away Christy Nome. He yeah. blew away any other governor you want to mention, Kemp in Georgia. He d- actually went out and went directly at the media, went directly at the public health reception with credentialed experts. I love his public health, his surgeon general or public (laughs) health director now. Uh, and he literally laid out the case. He made Florida. Without Florida's model, you would have had a lot of timid Republican governors afraid to fight back. So there literally is one person who's probably responsible for the great COVID fight, but which is ultimately part of fighting the Great Reset. And he is the model to how to do it.
1: The other thing he did, which was uh, I think is a really good tool, he he did it with humor. He mocked yes. them. He made fun. You know, he did what these... Anyway, he had what? one had a T-shirt or something with all the politicians who visited Florida because yes. they had to get out of their states so yes, they great. didn't want to wear masks. And that's what, that, yes. so, it's great stuff. Mark Morano. The book is called The Great Reset. Is it available yet?
6: It's actually coming out in August. So okay. Well, out, yes. then you
1: and I will have to talk more about it when it comes out. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yes. Thanks so much. All right. Well, this has been fun. Thank you all for listening. And uh, now I'm going to hang up and I'm going to start some more interviews that you're going to get here next week. Uh, we're going to grab as many wonderful people as we can who are in this fight with us. And I guess I have to say, in Mark's presence, the ultimate defeat is going to be God Himself. And I think people are kind of seeing that. That We look to Him. Uh, He's the author of our faith. And so I'll be back tomorrow with Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk.
4: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.